Welcome to It's Always Day One. My name is George Reed, a former Amazonian turned Amazon consultant. Each week on the podcast, you're going to hear industry experts, brand owners, and Amazon employees share their answers to the basic yet fundamental questions you should be asking yourself about your Amazon business. Now, let's jump in. Hello, Destiny. Welcome back on the It's Always Day One podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time and your busy, busy schedule to um, to join us today. How are you? Amazing. All things considered, head above water. Head above water. I like your I like your approach. So, in keeping with what we discussed beforehand, let's try and make this as short, sharp, and snappy. I had to slow myself down there because I was definitely going to pronounce them wrong if I didn't. Um, let's make it a quick episode. Let's give people some value and let's keep it under 20 minutes. Um, kicking things off, how can brands build out an Amazon advertising funnel in today's world? I think one of the biggest things they can do is understand the incrementality and granularity of what we do in Amazon advertising. So you and I, you and I have discussed this a lot but you have the brand awareness capabilities that everyone's aware of, the DSP, you know, OTT, all these ridiculous packages you're being sold. On the flip side of that, you have the ability to target a consumer exactly when they are looking to purchase. They're not walking by your aisle at Walmart. They're not searching Google for best utilization of your product. They are looking to buy. So understanding those two ends and filling in the gaps are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I call it high up hunt mode, which I've always seen Amazon advertising traditionally being used for, and it's brilliant for that. The awareness, though, outside of DSP, you said OTT there. What's that? Sorry. Over the top. It's basically just more <laughs> okay, yeah. crazy acronyms through DSP. <laughs> so that's the DSP term that they've used, OTT. Yes, and this is Kyle's warehouse. Of not yeah, yeah, I know. Don't ask recently. me too much else. <laughs> no, I won't. We'll leave that. We'll leave that one there for a little bit. But with regards to more traditional advertising, in in terms of sponsored products and sponsored brands, what can people be doing more top of funnel when we're talking about awareness campaigns, etc.? I think the biggest thing you can do is change your perception of Amazon advertising. So start with your goals and understand what's possible. And then align the KPIs with that. A great example is you have the ability to drive brand awareness with sponsored products. You just can't expect to get a 10% ACOS or a $6 ROAS. So one thing you can do is let's say we're selling, you know, a soccer ball. (laughs) We could advertise to like kids sports or gifts for kids. And that allows you to drive brand awareness because you're targeting consumers who aren't looking for soccer balls anyways but they're in your shopper marketing audience. They're probably, you know, moms looking at buying toys for their kids. So they're in market, but they don't have that purchase intent. So targeting different keywords and understanding that they're going to have different KPIs. Most people don't go to DSP and expect to get ridiculous ROAS. They're driving brand awareness. Have that philosophy yeah. with your sponsor. Yeah, I, li- I like that a lot. And it's a good example. And I saw one recently, we were advertising dog products. And somehow the ads guide started creating some cat ones backs. And he was just confused about what the product was for. But we were still hitting like a 20% A cost. And I was like, how does, why? You're advertising cat things. But then it clicked. I was like, well, obviously, they've probably got dogs as well. <laughs> and it made so much sense. I was like, George, I don't understand why that was a challenge for you at first. But yes. clearly, that's the answer. 
but this is more up the funnel, I guess. Kind of, I wasn't looking for a dog product, but here is one. I'm aware. I'm aware of now the brand. And that being said, though, how do you how do you change your creative to ensure that the brand is being pushed as much as possible and the brand name is being pushed so it's resonating and it's front of mind for them? Anything you can do there? You can do a few things, and I think that's also going to play a big role into what we see in 2021. But for right now, we have the ability to add copy, of course, for headline search ads and now product targeting ads within sponsored display again. And custom image beta is a really large one. So it's a tiny little checkbox under the ability to write copy within a headline search ad, and you're able to upload a lifestyle image. So doing those small things can really help resonate with who your brand is and what your brand is. But I also don't think that's as needed on Amazon. I don't think anyone needs to see your logo and memorize it because they may not go into brick and mortar stores. Traditionally, you needed people to really resonate with that type of style because they're walking through Walmart and they would need to remember your product. Amazon, you have your purchase history, all of your order history, all e-commerce platforms. So I think you can easily, and we've seen it with all the private label brands out there, you don't need to build a brand as much and for brand awareness as you do for shopper loyalty, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you there. But then my argument would be, when they are, let's say, the cat person seen the the dog product, but then when they happen to be searching for dog products, do you think they're going to have that click in their head of, oh, I remember that one, or or not? Or do you think you're just pulling on the, we've identified a pain point and we've given you the solution and now the pain point's playing on your mind? Which kind of do you think it falls into? Both. I think with sponsored products, you know, we don't have the opportunity to do that. So we're basically foregoing the brand awareness for the purpose of having a consumer realize our brand later on. So for sponsored products, we're just trying to hit people that are aligned in our target demographic, but maybe not with the purchase intent. Now for sponsored brands or DSP custom creatives, that becomes all the more important because you do want someone to subconsciously see your brand, see your product, and then maybe a month later, be shopping in your audience and then resonate with your brand again when they see it. So it's kind of balancing both aspects with the minimal capabilities we have. Yeah, that makes sense. And a new feature that's working really well, I see you and Carl and a number of others raving about it, is the sponsored videos. How do you think these come into this sort of strategy of driving awareness? Because you do have a bit more to push the brand name, the brand voice, the brand, um, well, voice is probably the best one in terms of the colors that you use, the way you portray yourself. Video gives you a lot more on that. Should people be thinking about incorporating video into their more awareness play? A thousand percent. The biggest reason is because of the KPIs and how it's targeted, as I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, Video and search under self-serve is still PPC-based. So what that means is I can have a video of a cat toy and I can serve it to a consumer who's potentially searching for cat food, cat litter box, because we know that they have a cat. They're not potentially searching for a cat toy, but they're in market. And if my video is good, the consumer is going to stop, watch the video, and we're still not going to get charged but potentially Mm. click on the video and that's when we get charged. And if someone is taking the time to click on your ad, there's some form of interest in your brand. 
you know, so, yeah. So the fact that we only get charged on that basically lowers our risk to let's do some really, really broad targeting and see what we can get to convert. And you can just think about like a TV campaign back in the day, which was never really that targeted in comparison to what you've got now. You were paying per impression. And now people can literally watch your video thousands of times and your brand can just be pushed out in front of loads and loads of people who are in a similar sort of category or niche or whatever. Um, and you're not going to pay for that. That's phenomenal. That is okay. the biggest call out. I, I would like want to repeat everything you just said because there's this huge knowledge gap in traditional marketing where you're throwing up a billboard or you're doing something CPM based. We can now target people who are specifically looking to buy similar products to ours. Why wouldn't that? Why wouldn't that convince people to spend more on Amazon ads when you know they're right there? Like it's insane. Hey folks, it's George here. I'd like you to check out my new site, georges.blog. It's where you can find all of my famous weekly emails as well as how we can work together. To repeat, that's georges.blog. Now let's carry on with the episode. My honest answer is people are lazy. People haven't got the time or they're lazy. And Kyle made a good point of the basic videos are performing the best because they sit more um, organically within Amazon's kind of uh, user experience, user interface. They don't stand out too much and therefore they don't seem like they're an ad per se, uh, which might take someone off page. So, these basic ones, though, they don't cost a fortune to build. So I put it down to straight-up laziness and people just not jumping on things when they should be. That's my opinion. But I don't know what your thought is. I think that there's a big gap in the knowledge. When we typically audit like large vendor accounts and some of the larger agencies have worked with them, it's just let's start one manual campaign, throw in 200 keywords, it's branded, it's non-branded, it's category, they aren't negating the appropriate terms, they aren't cleaning up the structure because it's going to be successful regardless. Because like you said, mm-hmm. sponsored products are extremely organic looking. The majority of consumers probably don't realize how that advertising type works because it looks like a regular listing and the algorithm's so good it looks like all the other organic products. Mm. No, I, com- I completely agree. All right, let's pivot slightly. We've covered a lot about the funnel. Let's spend five minutes talking about software slightly. I know you did a great post, which had, it was basically you put a post on LinkedIn that became a free opportunity for everyone to pitch their software as a service, which was quite hilarious. Um, and everyone was weighing in. But my question is, at what point do people need to get software for that Amazon advertising? So the first thing I always ask when I get this question is how much time are you wanting to spend in your Amazon advertising or are you still going to have someone managing your Amazon advertising? I am personally of the belief that there is not a full service solution that has nothing to do with the software that has to do with the Amazon API. They don't roll out releases quick enough to then have a developer build out everything needed for a software. So the majority of your softwares are going to be pretty far behind. So the blended approach is perfect. But if you're not in your account optimizing bids multiple times a week, you should probably look at having a bid optimization software. Mm. If you're not in your account managing custom image beta, store spotlight, sponsor display, retargeting, all of those different new options, 
you should potentially look at outsourcing to a service that has a blended solution of management and software. Um, but if you are planning on having time on these types of things, it does not take more than a couple hours a week to do bid ops by hand or campaign launching. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I completely agree with that. That blended solution probably is, is right. Um, but with regards to skew count, does it get to a point where you can't physically with one person manage a hundred, 400, 600 SKUs each week? Is it just unmanageable to do that all on your own, even with the best macro files on Excel? If you were one person with 100% dedicated time, you could potentially potentially do it. But I'll say for our brands that are up in that SKU count, we typically have dual management on the account, even though we have a full team, even though we have macros and a bit of software. Because when you're really looking at, when I, I constantly preach the incrementality, the granularity of everything we're able to do, all the new shiny stuff, that takes a lot of hands-on management because there's not resources for it. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, and everyone seems to be talking about that with software's kind of pitfalls at the moment of Amazon are releasing advertising features so fast. Mm -hmm. I think we've seen so many this year, and I'm sure you see more with access to all sorts of beaters behind the covers or under the covers. Um, but software simply can't keep up. Like They need to go build that. They need to then make sure it works. So they need to put some rules in behind it mm -hmm. to ensure it works well, whereas your person can go, oh, I saw this this afternoon. It says beta. Let's jump on it right now particularly with the video, like no one's jumping on video, but it's been around for what, is it three months do you reckon we've had video for? It's technically been rolled out beta for around 13 months. All right. Yeah. Maybe look silly. Fine. Open beta. <laughs> no. So the API was rolled out. Okay. Um, okay. That's where I kind of assumed you're going. So video was originally rolled out beta 13 months ago. It was open for accounts maybe in March or April. The API for it wasn't released until nine months after, and then bulk was announced like last month. So yeah, wow. every single person, like we've spent around a million dollars on video and search in the last year. And it's extremely cheap because hardly anyone else was doing it at the time. It's just crazy. Yeah. And that doesn't even factor in the, the awareness play where you're not necessarily, I mean, how does that work? And this will probably be the final question because video does excite me quite a lot. How does it work with attribution for sponsored video? Is the window different? Because let's say someone views your ad, but two months later they come and purchase. Does the attribution change that video or not? I believe it's still 14 days. Simple 14. So you're mm -hmm. probably scooping up loads of additional sales further down the funnel from that video, um, which you would never be able to attribute, unfortunately. But... It's kind of one of those gut feelings ones. What have you What have you found? Is it a gut feeling or is it, ah, I'm not sure. I would say that's a good call. Um, I do think it's worth mentioning, especially like consumables and replenishables, the value of winning that first customer is all the more important, especially on a platform like that. And that's where video is fantastic is it can make someone aware of just how much better your product is, which can then, you know, drive a lifetime's worth of consumer value, especially if yeah. they're repeat purchasing or if they're aware of your other products. Now, something that'll probably excite you even more is it's been rumored that video and search will be rolled out with the opportunity to drive to either multiple ASIN landing pages or the store page. 
Right now, uh-huh. videos only drive to a single product landing page, so it gets more complex to roll in brand awareness when you can only advertise one ASIN in the video. But it's rumored we're getting more. Yeah, and that kind of ties into social a little bit, where if you're driving people from a social ad and you're taken to a landing page or a website, um, you're looking to replicate the experience they've had on the ad with what they're immediately seeing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of one one smooth transition, whereas what you may find is some videos taken to a page, but then your page doesn't quite have the same look and feel because it's a product page. Yep. Whereas a store page, obviously you can go, we use purple as the background in the video. You land on the store page, you've got your nice purple look, they're immediately resonating. It's a more of a better experience going from A to B. A hundred percent agree. And just having more analytics on the store page, which I know is a slightly different topic, but you get a decent amount of insights on your store pages. So I always love diving into those because oftentimes one of your sub pages drives like a higher average order quantity. And you're like, why are people purchasing more products on this page? So like using that and then being like, Hey, I should probably drive to more store pages instead of landing pages. Like that stuff's cool. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And just the ability to create more of an experience for me and drive more of that brand and just wow them a little bit more. And the other one, I only clicked this recently. I don't know why it took me so long. You don't have anywhere near as much noise on your store page to what you'd have on a product detail page. There's no sponsored ads on there at the moment, really. You may know differently, but there's nothing, there's no one else. It's just you. So if you drive into a storefront, the conversion rate should theoretically be significantly higher and the average order value much higher as well. So if you're paying to get that click from a video, driving them there is going to be an absolute game changer. That is a fantastic call out. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you so much for the 17 minutes and 15 seconds of your time today, Destiny. Um, Hopefully people enjoy the shorter episodes that we're punching out at the moment. And I'm sure Destiny will be on, no doubt, in the new year again. Awesome. Thank you. No worries, Destiny. Have a good day. Hey, guys, just a quick one. If you are enjoying the podcast and either have some actionable next steps or new ideas, I'd really appreciate if you could, one, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. These are really, really important to us, as you probably know, being in the Amazon world. And two, if you're looking for additional support with your brand, head over to the website. It's always dayone.co.uk where we've got links to other resources. That's all for now, guys. Speak soon.